0: happy easter everybody it's liz and here's the podcast lineup for popping callers in april 2021 we're opening our hearts and our minds to pop culture that we might have initially rejected on popping callers find out what shows or movies we're giving a second chance speaking of comebacks Greg has a special interview with the creators of a documentary called Bobby Joe Under the Influence. Hear how they discovered this uplifting story and were able to bring it to the big screen on our latest Pop Life profile. Our resurrection theme continues on this month's Going on 30 where we explore life, death, and what lies beyond with the movie Ghost. Don't miss part two of our April Fool's shenanigans. Finally, we wrap up the month with The Sacred Six, featuring Eric Metoyer, We look back at the classic chapter of The Wire, Middle Ground. It's arguably the best episode ever of the best television show ever. Thanks for listening, and keep those collars popped! It's
1: like Stringer Bell says... We ain't got a dream no more. This is The Sacred Six. Welcome to The Sacred Six. Sometimes an item in pop culture is just too big for one podcast episode, and that's where this show steps in. I'm your host, Greg Knight, and with me are our special guests, Betsy Carmody. What's up, Betsy?
2: Not much, Greg just chilling here in Alexandria, Virginia, just a stone's throw away from the great city of Baltimore.
1: That's right. Right there. Right in your backyard. Once. it is your front yard. Yeah.
2: I guess depending on how you feel directionally.
1: (laughs) And we also have Eric Mottoye. How are you, Eric?
3: Life is good. Life is good. Because we're in San Francisco, the city by the bay.
1: It can't be bad
3: in San Francisco.
1: It's just perpetually good there. We continue to re-up on episodes of The Wire, and this month we find ourselves at Season 3, Episode 11, Middle Ground. All right, Betsy, I need you to help me out here. Catch us up on what's happening with the Barksdale organization in Season 3.
2: Okay, so with the Barksdales, we are really seeing the crumbling reality of Stringer Bell as he has tried to transition himself from being a drug kingpin or the queen in this situation to Avon Barcell's king, become a businessman. We gotta go, um, Clay Davis is not helping him. You know, the bribes are not working and he is being sidelined like somebody who doesn't mean anything. Like he's being disregarded, which, which four stringer bell to be disregarded is, a very difficult position to be in. Mm-hmm. So not only is he going to give up Avon to the cops, he is going to just let that contractor know that things are not going the way he wants them to. That's right. He's going Which to put out a hit on a state right.
0: senator. Ooh. Right.
2: <laughs> Which eventually then leads to, unfortunately, R.I.P., the demise of Ugh. Michelle in this episode, dying inside one of his dreams. Oh, yes pour one
1: out oh, stringer bell get on with it
3: <laughs> oh you oh, run for the homie
1: uh eric what's our what's our best scene from middle ground
3: this is a fabulous you know, episode by the way it really which is, is, is a fabulous episode for me it's carcetti going into hamsterdam carcetti mm-hmm. so is a minor character at the beginning at the beginning of, of of this season and starts showing up in the last season we talked about but here as he's making his big play in the race and trying to figure this out, you see him go through Hamsterdam and you almost can see the wheels running in his head. Is this a good thing or a bad? And it's a good thing because he can see how he can use this against the commissioner and he can use this against major Colvin, the beloved bunny to put himself one step up. Because as we, as we talked about in the last episode, you got to stay two steps ahead to bring your people along, and Colvin was always three or four steps ahead of everybody. And not everybody was on board with them. So watch out, because carchetti I think, is going to be a player for the rest of the season for the rest of the series.
1: Yeah, that's that's true. carchetti uh, almost had his own TV show. Fun facts. Fun facts that uh, <laughs> there was supposed to be a spinoff of The Wire called The Hall. And most of the storyline from the hall played out on season four of The Wire, which was carchetti's run for mayor. Betsy, what is our best scene?
2: I love the spaghetti Western or Western in general send up of the opening of the show. It's right. Omar and Brother Muzon in an alley. You know, just having just the the language and the dialogue—they're both so specific as as people how they're written on the show, and that Brother Muzone is just his very educated, almost elitist kind of click to things, and then you have a guy who refers to himself in the third person, and but is still very just specific and has this incredible vocabulary, and so the two of them kind of having this come to Jesus together about look, you, you, I got screwed over. You got screwed over. Like we need to figure out what the truth is here of what's actually going on. And just this dealing and the way they talk about the caliber, of the weapons. And if you could do that and I could do this and just, they know their craft so well. Mm -hmm. And it's not only their weapons, but it's also knowing people. I just enjoy that. It's just a writing tour de force as an acting tour de force i love
1: that scene <laughs> it is it's like high noon breaks into the wire all of a sudden yeah absolutely like some kind of clint eastwood spaghetti western well you've
2: even got like omar in the long coat like the duster link <laughs> right. like i'm like good god like love it
4: damn man i missed this crib already <laughs> yeah well you spending a lot of time at the other spot doing what you got to do yeah man it's a shame we got to do it as marlowe man if I'd taken care of that earlier, man. It's always gonna be a Marlowe, man. No Marlowe, no game. You know what I'm saying? Don't let it lay on you like that. Tonight, I mean, I'm gonna kick back and just enjoy this view. I mean, I got a crib that's overlooking the harbor we had every security guard in there following us. As they should have. True. (laughs) True. And then there was at one time... The toy store? Hell yeah, I told your ass not to steal a badminton set. What you gonna do with a net and a record? We ain't got no yard! <laughs> you like, yo, that white boy ain't gonna jump over that counter and come chase after oh, me. He sure did, though. And he though. said... Whoo! I said, what the he fuck? He was on your ass like Carl Lewis. Fist was balled up. Your ass was running too fast as you could. Right here, too, man. Right there. Can you imagine, man, if I had the money that I have now, man, I could have bought half this waterfront. Yeah, forget about that for a while, man. You know, Just dream with me. We ain't got to dream no more, man.
1: Which brings us to our big idea for this episode. Betsy touched on it earlier. It's the queen. It's time to talk about the queen. The get stuff done piece, Stringer Bell. And really, this is the chance for us to talk about the cost of the game. How the game sort of seems like it has an inevitable outcome for whoever plays it. You know, back in the very first episode, we talked about Bodhi saying a pawn can make it to the end if they're a smart ass pawn. But Angelo points out like pieces get capped quick in the game, right? And that even holds true for the queen, the mighty queen of Stringer Bell. What does Middle Ground have to tell us about the cost
3: of the game? The game is the game. All the players keep saying that. The game is the game. If you go back to that initial chess game with D'Angelo, he describes the rules of chess have not changed for for a thousand years. Stringer Bell tries to legitimize it. And starts dealing with Clay. He starts dealing with, with the lobbyists, with the senators. He's now out of his game, just like in season two when, when uh, Sabatka and the Longshoremen start playing start playing in the international game, which we talked about in that season. He's out of the game, and there is Stringer Bell, thinking he's still in the games, thinking he's still protecting Avon Barksdale, but he's out of his depth now. Once again, once they leave their corners in Baltimore, the players in the game are no longer in the game. Right.
1: All he is is a sucker. And that's what <laughs> Levy tells him in this episode. Yeah. He's like, I wish you had come to me earlier before you went to Clay Davis.
2: And that, I think, infuriates Stringer more than anything because he has tried to be become something that matters, something that's important. And when he and Avon are sitting up on top, of that penthouse apartment... Looking out over Baltimore, recounting stories of them being chased by the police when they were younger and insignificant and kids and stealing badminton set. The underlying thing there is, but now we've made it, but now we are something. And then he dies running in his dress shoes in that construction site of his dream. Is he trapped in a system as a man of color who comes from? Uh, lower class background, drug trade—that—that that, that will be all he will be. You can't transition out of that.
3: But Stringer's got this idea though that this is the this is the thing that's going to take him out of the game and live like other people. So in some way, he's trying to improve the board, but he's the king, queen, and the queen gets knocked out. That's a wounded. That's a wounded place in your chess game.
1: Yeah. Well, it means that you're pretty much done. Right, as we all know from watching the Queen's Gambit, you may as well resign once you lose your queen.
3: This episode is so focused on the game, and I'd love to get Betsy's recap of what Bubbles is up to because his is a beautiful arc of redemption. But Mcnulty ends up on the on the field, and the LT ends up trying to explain himself to the commissioner, and Colvin knows that it's done. Major Bunny Colvin. realizes that the experiment of hamsterdam is done and what he's got and all he's got to do is figure out, do I get my pension and what happens to my guys? Because what he asked them to do was against the game, the rules of the game for the popo, for the police. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Well, that desperation in the room with the, with the mayor and the social workers and the, and then the, you know, your political operatives and like, can we, do something about this because there are those aspects like when you asked us greg in the last episode whether bunny was wrong you know this was the hope when i was kind of thinking about the bunny arc that this could actually be good we have people seeking services who've never sought services before like that, that we have this area where where normally problems that we try to keep hidden are not hidden you know, there's there's something apocalyptical about this in that it is revealing, right because that's what apocalypse actually means is this you know pulling back the curtain to reveal what's going on. And here it's really dark. And we talked about that Carcetti walk in an earlier episode that that has to be done in the daylight yeah. and and Eric talked about the darkness when bubbles walks it. and it's it's there is this hope inside trying to tackle but these problems, it it does become people who are incredibly creative to try to find some way of tackling them. How How can you really help people? It takes breaking the system in a way that we can't yeah. go back because we have to build something new. And there's almost this way that Bunny almost kind of just breaks it. The overwhelming norm that wants you to go back to the way things were is so monolithic that it's going to not allow you to go that direction.
1: You know, you keep chasing the problem with solutions that don't work.
2: And then it becomes this setup for next season when we talk about education, because we're going back to the root of where did Stringer Bell come from? And actually, where did Bunk come from? Where did a lot of the folks who grew up inside Baltimore, who now find themselves on whatever side of this prism of of uh, whatever facet they end up in in this story? But this idea of, you know, teachers trying chanting, I am loving and capable, you know, trying to have have teachers talk to those core root things, but that it's it's where is the root of it? And is it in how we raise our children?
1: MVP of middle ground, Betsy. Man, there's a lot of good ones.
2: You know what? I'm going to break here. I'm going to go with George Pelicanos.
1: The writer.
4: The writer,
2: I'm going with the writer, because I got to say, he gives everyone, everyone their due. I think he's the MVP. Eric, what do you who do you think?
3: It's really Bunny Colvin, once again, because when he sees that everything is going down, he tries to do one last, you got to keep your honor, right? He's sure. trying to do one last thing, which was, not only is he saving himself, but he's looking back to his own people the same way that, when carver went back to all the drug runners and said you just made all your kids unemployed you need to go back and pay them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. major Colden's figuring out how does he get his guys out of his guys and gals his troops out of trouble because at the end of the day no one's going to back him
2: well it's the same with the teamsters
3: yep you know Mm -hmm.
2: gotta go work one more ship gotta save my guys you could do a whole dissertation on loyalty that is it
1: another episode
2: so good, such a great episode! So good, and the wire, the wire, wire, epi- the wire episode's good too. Another wire. episode
1: in the books. Next up will be season four, episode one: The Boys of Summer. Boys. We're headed to school next time. Ooh. We're going to taking school time. time,
2: taking you to school.
1: <laughs> it's back in session.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we'll it see is, you it's not virtual, it's in, it's in person. That's right. there.
1: It's great, <laughs> it is in person, that's for sure. <laughs> we'll see you then.
2: Bye.
3: Amen.